What is the biggest storyline for this Utah team heading into Pac-12 Media Day and why the Pac-12 Media is really high on this Utah team? You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. My name is JT Wistersill, a member of the Utah Athletic Department for three years as an athletic communications intern. Now, your host of Locked On Utes, and an exciting time it is to be a Utah fan. Pac 12 Media Day is today with the Utes going out to California. Coach Witt, Cam Rising, and Clark Phillips all have made the journey out there. And we'll be talking to the media tomorrow and speaking of that schedule. So Coach Witt will be up first at 945. He's going to be on the main stage. That's going to be airing on Pac-12 Insider, the Pac-12 Now app, and Pac-12.com. So after you guys get done listening to this show, since we are your first listen, make sure you tune to that to see what Coach Witt is going to talk about. Also, then a little bit later at 11 a.m. Mountain Time, on the Pac-12 Network, the Pac-12 Network main cast, you know, Yogi Roth, Ashley Adamson, they're going to sit down with Witt, Coach Witt, Clark Phillips III, and Cam Rising and talk about the upcoming season. So which it should be a really fun media day. And I think first let's talk about what we kind of expect those three youths to talk about. The first, you know, Coach Witt's going to keep a lot of things close to the vet close to the vest. I'm sure a couple of people are going to be asking about a few of the injuries this team and what they're dealing with, but he may just even wait till he sees him practice the first day in camp, which a reminder, fall camp is just around the corner as well. So we're going to have a lot of news coming out from there, especially as beat reporters are going to be talking to coach Witt every single day and it'll be more fresh after practice. So I just, I don't expect a ton from him tomorrow outside of the more generic answers. I mean, it's look last year, you know, the big storyline heading into for Utah heading into the season was who's going to be the starting quarterback. And that is obviously not the story heading into this media as Cam Rising has that locked down so much. He is there, of course. So not a lot of questions about this team overall. Maybe I'll ask him about who a couple of the surprise players are going to be, which freshmen are going to step up and probably give a little bit of insight there. But I don't think we're going to get any earth shattering reveals from Coach Witt as he's a guy who doesn't really do that during his press conferences, even for the normal ones. Same thing for Cam Rising and Clark Phillips. The thing I'm most intrigued by is I'm sure there Ashley Adamson is going to ask him, what is the goal for this season? So are they going to say our goal is to go back to the Rose Bowl? Are they going to say, we're just going to take it game by game? Do they want to just focus on winning the Pac-12 right now? Or is their goal to make the college football playoff and win a national championship? So I'm curious if they get asked that, how they play it, because there is lots of ways that they could choose to go about it. So it'll be interesting to see what those three end up discussing. And a reminder again, so 9.45 for Coach Witt, Mountain Time, and 11 a.m. Mountain Time for Clark Phillips, Coach Witt, and Cam Rising, if you guys want to hear them discuss the upcoming season on Pac-12 Network. But I think the biggest storyline for Utah going into Pac-12 Media Day is also the biggest storyline for the conference, and that's Commissioner Klyovkos going to have his big press conference. We haven't heard from him outside of the official statement him and the conference offices released since UCLA and USC left for 
the Big Ten. So that's going to be the big story. You know, the media is going to be coming in at him. It's going to be about a 30. I imagine it'll be almost a 30-minute press conference he's going to end up having. And that will get underway at 9 a.m. Mountain Time. So if you guys are interested in that, it's going to be curious to see. This is be the most scrutiny he's ever faced. And once again, as we've talked about multiple times on the show, it's not like he did anything wrong, but people are going to be very aggressive coming at him, asking questions like, is this conference a sinking ship? There, you know, people always try to elicit responses from people in every walk of life. And it's going to be no different than when you have the commissioner of the conference up on stage in a crisis time, the hardest, most challenging time by far he's faced in his very short tenure as commissioner. And none of this is his fault. This is just the way the college landscape is going right now. We're going to talk about that landscape in a second. But first, let's just talk about what will make tomorrow so interesting. So if you look back a year ago, Commissioner Klyovkov did said they're not going to look into expanding. They instead opted to do the alliance, which the Big Ten agreed to, but they did the kind of thing where you shake someone's hand and have your fingers crossed behind their back, because as we know, they then went over and stole USC and UCLA, which was a very smart business move. But like I said, just if you have a so-called alliance, obviously broke that rule, whatever that the language of that contract was. So they're behind on expansion talks if they were interested in that with any teams. And that's something that they came out in there their statement, they said this conference is united and working together towards the future. There was lots of rumors, of course, about are they looking into expanding? Is there a Big 12 merger? We heard the talks for that fell apart recently. Of course, the conference never straight up came out and really said, at least from the Pac-12 standpoint, then lots of media outlets reported, but it wasn't like the Pac-12 put out a statement saying we've ended talks with the Big 12. So that's where it makes this whole thing very interesting. And as I mentioned, he this is the most pressure Mr. Klyavkov's ever been under. They're going to come out there. They're going to be asking him what the future is this. He has to portray that strength. I'm sure he has a plan, him and his team do, and he's got to convince the media and every all of the fans and everyone who's tuning in that this plan is something that's going to work and this conference is not in trouble. And speaking of this conference being in trouble, since it is Q&A Friday, we do have a question from FCFB Dugout. Now that P5 media days have ended, they have obviously not, but they will be by the time tomorrow is over. Has your outlook on the Pac-12 and Utah changed? I believe the Pac-12 media rights with the remaining 10 teams will not be sustainable with the evolution of college football. So thank you for sending that in, CFB Dugout. So I think what makes this interesting is that, as we talked about, the Pac-12 has opened their negotiating window. And what I mean by that is they have the next 30 days or 30 days from when they opened it, which was July 5th. So we're actually coming up because August 4th is their final day to negotiate. So we're coming up at the end of it to negotiate with ESPN and Fox, the two TV stations that own the rights to the Pac-12 Networks games. They have that opportunity to negotiate their future contract with them, or they can wait. And if nothing comes together, kick it down the road, down the line, and maybe they want to get someone like in. If NBC wants to get more involved in college sports, if CBS wants to retain something since we know they're losing the SEC in 2023. This will just be interesting to see what is brought up. So even though it hasn't happened yet, would my feelings still remain the same? I feel like the best move for Utah going into all of this is to remain in the Pac-12 for the time being and see what's going to happen as I believe we're heading towards two super conferences. I hope I'm wrong, and I want there just to continue to be five conferences, but it is going to be hard for the Pac-12 to survive for the next 10 years, of course, without their two biggest brands. They'll still be fine. They'll just lose amounts of revenue, of course, because there's no replacing your two most nationally recognized brands and markets in UCLA and USC. So it's going to be interesting to see how all of that plays out. But my gut feeling is that this 
for now, Utah is focused on the season for sure. We know the players are. And then down the future, they'll talk about expansion. And I think some of that will come from the meetings they have with Commissioner Kolovkov if Athletic Director of Utah, Mark Harlan, is like, all right, our best course of action. And the presidents as well, because this will be a, this is everyone involved top to bottom in terms of all the presidents of the conference, each school's president, athletic directors, everyone is really involved in this process. So it's good. It's going to take a while and we're not going to hear any immediate news on this, but it'll be interesting to see. I think the way that Mr. Klyovkov comes off tomorrow, if he looks, they know the plan more than likely the presidents, the athletic directors, they've been assured of the plan. And this is the first time the public's hearing of it. So if they have a bad showing, it's going to be a bad look for the conference. And then people will be like, do we maybe need to get out of here because people are going to start doubting if this can work. If, the plan is not made clear to the public or seems shaky or ends up getting dragged because we know how much stuff can get dragged through social media. But personally, I think Mr. Klyakov is going to have a very good press conference tomorrow. And I think it's going to put people at ease as much as it can because it's still going to be the lingering question is what's the Pac-12's future losing its two biggest brands? Are they going to expand? What's going on? All that will be answered tomorrow. And as for the expansion thing, I just think Commissioner Klyakov is going to mention that they are keeping all of their options open. It's not like he's going to bring up team names as in this is some big reveal, like a Comic-Con thing, where he's going to have the Boise State Athletic Director walk out on the stage and announce that he's part of the conference now. That's not what this is going to be. So we'll get some answers, and he's going to keep a lot of things coy, and it's, it, that's what Utah's players and coaches are going to do as well. So media day is always interesting to kind of – it's the first time we've got these guys in front of cameras, in front of microphones in a very long time. So I'm very interested to see what the answers are. We're not going to get anything earth-shattering, but always curious how these things are going to play out. So media day should be very fun. And when we, in just a moment, we're going to be talking about why the Pac-12 media is really high on this Utah team. But first, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. Bet Online Net is the fastest and easiest way to check all of your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Guys, you know the national media is always low on this Utah team, even though the Pac-12 media writers might not be, as we're going to talk about in a second. But cash in on those on Utah's win total, look into as well, seeing how the Utes will perform in terms of can they win the Pac-12. If there's other bets you like for college football. There's lots of juicy bets available at Bet Online. Same thing if you love Major League Baseball. NFL, of course, just about to get underway with some preseason games. Find and review news of every league at Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet online where the game starts. So, jumping back in for Utah here, looking at it from the perspective of every year, the Pac-12 media does a poll of who they think the best teams in the conference are going to be. And Utah took the top spot, which is not a huge surprise, but thanks to Josh Furlong for this stat, it's only the second time in Pac-12 history that Utah was selected as the preseason favorite. The last was in 2019 which makes sense. Tyler Huntley, a lot of those guys coming back as well for a really good Utah team. So it makes sense that they would once again be picked, but still cool to see them get that recognition from the national media, which is something they've often lacked. So in total, Utah got 26 first place votes for a total of 384 points. They are by far and away, I'm not the best at math, but quadruple, whatever you want to call it, however many eight times, whatever it would be, more than the second favorite, who is surprisingly 
Oregon finished number two with total points, but USC, the third place team, had more first place votes. So Utah was predicted to win the conference with 26 first place votes. Then USC at five first place, but and then Oregon at two. But in terms of total points, Utah had 384, Oregon 345, 341 for USC. If you guys are wondering about the rest of the conference, I'll run through it really quick. Number four is UCLA, five is Oregon State, six is Washington, seven is Washington State, eight is Stanford, nine is Cal, 10 is Arizona State, 11 is Arizona, and 12 is Colorado. So national media, given this Utah team, it's respect, it's due, it's very well deserved. And it makes sense when you just look at this roster. We're going to talk about in our next segment some of the these Utah guys being named to the all Pac-12 teams that were released. This is a Utah team that returned 17 starters and is coming off of course, their first ever Pac-12 championship and looked really good in that Rose Bowl. So it's not surprising to see the media go with them. They're the logical choice. The other two still deserving ones as well, but I don't think they're on the same tier or level as Utah, a team with legitimate college football aspirations that at worst this season, their goal is probably to get back and win the Rose Bowl. And we know they obviously are gunning and planning on winning the Pac-12. Again, I think when you look at Utah versus these other teams, I think you look at Oregon, and USC. It's just really hard in your very first year to win a conference. It's something we have not seen happen a lot. Yes, Lincoln Riley was able to do it, but this is a very U.S. different team in terms of when he took over for Bob Stoops, where Oklahoma was, than what he's taken over in USC. And yes, he's got Caleb Williams, who's a phenomenal quarterback, Jordan Addison, Troy Dye. There's a number of really good players on that team. But still your first year, there was a lot of defensive struggles, lots of turnover. A lot of his guys are still young, so it makes sense that they wouldn't be at the top. For Oregon, I really like Dan Landing as well, but still his first year being a head coach. They lost some NFL talent with guys like Kayvon Thibodeau. And even though they might have upgraded at these positions, anytime you lose your top quarterback, running back, and wide receiver, it's going to be questions. And that's what Oregon did. Did they upgrade? Possibly, but it's still the unknown continuity, very well still an issue. So talked about it with Utah. 17 returning starters, including 10 of those guys who earned postseason all Pac-12 honors in the past. That stat courtesy of the Utah Athletic Department. So it makes sense that the media would look at it logically and go, this Utah team is stacked. We talked about Cam Rising, what a phenomenal leader. He's been one of the best quarterbacks in the country, even though the Pac-12 media might not have thought he was the best in the conference. We'll talk about that as well. Got a guy in Tavion Thomas, who, of course, is going to run Rupshaw, a really strong offensive line, some receivers with potential to break out, a defense that has tons of returners, arguably the best corner in the country, one of the best young emerging safeties in the country, should have what should be one of the best freshman line linebackers in the country, Junior Tafuna and Van Fillinger, one of the best defensive end, defensive tackle duos in the country as well. And you get the great coaching of guys like Coach Ludwig, Coach Scali, and of course, Coach Witt knows how to run it all. So not surprising to see the media deciding to side with this Utah team and give them the edge to be the top team in the conference as they will be the highest ranked team in the Pac-12 by every major outlet. They didn't get every first place vote in the Pac-12, but most of you got to imagine they'll start the season as the top-ranked team in the AP poll for ESPN as well in the pack. So much-deserved recognition for this Utah team. Now, moving on. The Pac-12 also released their preseason Pac-12 teams as well. So the youths, we talked about it. They had to turn those 17 starters. They earned their all Pac-12 honors for the season. So looking over those guys of who it is, for the first team, you have Cole Bishop, Braden Daniels, Van Fillinger, Brant Keithy, Clark Phillips III, Tavion Thomas. So those were the first team guys. There's a name or two you guys might be thinking, hey, that was 
that's snubbed, and we're going to talk about that in a second as well. Utah's second team, Cam Rising, Junior Tafuna, Lamea, and then the honorable mention guys for Utah, Travis Broughton, Mohamed Diabate, Dalton Kincaid, and Devon Bailey. So in total, a ton of youths getting love. There were six on the first team getting that honor, and it's really cool to see that Utah is getting that recognition. They have a total of 13 guys on that preseason team, and it's a bunch of deserving guys. We just went through a bunch of them, what makes them such great players, but want to use an opportunity now to kind of talk about a couple of the guys that you look at it and you're like, wait, why is he there? So the big one, obviously, is going to be Cam Rising being on the second team versus Caleb Williams on the first team. That'll be the biggest point of convention amongst Utah fans, similar to when Offlawn Sports released their preseason Pac-12 teams back in, I believe it was June even, and there was a lot of uproar amongst Utah fans about, okay, why is this the way it is? And that was actually one of the questions that was asked to us is for by – Mitch is Kenny Pickett for MVP, interesting Twitter app, but so Pickett at Pickett for MVP wanted to know is Cam, who is the best quarterback in the Pac-12? Is it Cam Rising or Caleb Williams, basically? So I personally, look, I mean, I'm wearing red right now, right? I would rather have Cam Rising. He's more reliable. I know he's a better leader and he's not going to turn the ball over. And I know he can make really good throws. Now, in terms of who is a better pure thrower of the football. Caleb Williams can make a few more impressive throws than Cam Rising can. But Cam, Caleb Williams is also a year younger. There were times last year when it looked like that he was going to get benched and they go back to Spencer Rattler. He's a lot more up and down. Yes, his high is he could be the first overall pick in the 2024 NFL draft. But his low is some of that Spencer Rattler stuff we saw where Spencer Rattler was also supposed to be the top pick in the NFL draft. And he is still in school. So very interesting to see how that's going to play out this year. But as I mentioned, I feel that Cam Rising should be the first-team quarterback. I think he is the best in the conference because of the reliability, the leadership, the toughness he brings. Caleb Williams will probably have better stats, but Cam Rising is going to lead Utah to a better record and a better season. Now the other big one, which this was the other big issue with the Athlon Sports preseason All-Pac-12 rankings, and it's very sim- both the lists are very similar, but in terms of tight ends on the second team offense. Not surprising to see Grant Keithy get first team, right? Led Utah in yards this year, also led last year, also led them in 2019. Really reasonable to expect he could do that again. So Dalton Kincaid is actually an honorable mention because of Benjamin Urosic at Stanford. And Urosic is the number one guy on Stanford. He's the best pa- pass catcher that team has. So it makes a lot of sense he would be there. I still feel like Utah has not only the best tight end duo, but the top two tight ends in the Pac-12. And I think Dalton, when it's all said and done, as we talked about on Monday's show, it's going to be the top drafted tight end as well. So I feel like he should be on the second team. I feel like he's going to have another huge year where he leads Utah in touchdowns, very well could lead them in yards as well. Brand obviously being a little more of a more true receiver, as we've talked about the NFL, a lot of the NFL evaluators don't even know exactly where they want to put him yet. I just feel like that Dalton's going to have a huge year, and I think he deserved to be on that second team because I think he's going to be better than Urosic and very well could be better than Keithy as well. Great to see Braden Daniels getting some recognition as we talked about looking at the defense. Van Fillinger making first team is awesome. That was something that he was not rewarded with on Athlon Sports. I think Van is in for an unbelievable year. He could declare for the draft if he wanted to. I think there's a world he goes for over 10 sacks because of that length, the bendability. This is a Van Fillinger fan podcast. It's also a Junior Tafuna fan podcast. And yes, he was on second team. I think by the end of the year, he'll be on the first team. We saw how it took, you know, only a freshman last year got 
everything under him kind of started to learn more and grow and then was able to really get after it and earn that Pac-12 defensive freshman of the year honors. And I think he's going to have another huge year as an interior disruptive player. I think Lander Bartonovich also had a chance to be on this list, as will Karene Reed. There is a number of youths that I think could end up making this list as well. And of course, Clark Phillips being another guy who's on the first team, which makes a ton of sense. So it will be interesting to see. Travis Broughton is another guy I'll bring up. He was honorable mention, and we talked about a few of those other honorable mention as well with guys like Mohamed Diabate. I don't know what kind of season Diabate is going to have, but if he has the kind of impact that a lot of us expect him to, it's just there's interesting things with how young the youths are at that linebacker position. So if it is close, they may opt for the younger guys. We'll see. But Diabate could very well, especially named to the Buckus Award watch list, could very well have a big season. So it'll be interesting to see that. And Devon Bailey is another guy I think could really break out for this Utah team and have a big year and also be on these teams. So either way, the Utes should be very well represented on these teams for a number of reasons, and the biggest being so is I expect them fully to win the Pac-12 once again, as does the media. So going to be a great week of coverage for this Utah team. Coach Witt was on SportsCenter. We don't know when that's going to come out, his interview with Stan Barrett, but we'll we'll wait and see on that as well as the rest of the interviews he has coming up. Um, There was one final question. uh, Pickett for MVP asked, if Utah doesn't make the college football playoff, is their season a disappointment? I would say absolutely no, because there are other things that could market a success. I think if this Utah team wins, I think anything less than winning the Pac-12 is a disappointment. I think even making the championship game and losing is a disappointment. So I think as long as they win the Pac-12, it's not a disappointment, because at worst, you win the Pac-12, you're going back to the Rose Bowl. And it would be a bummer if they lost, but it depends on how that game plays out, the opponent, all those things. I think it could once again be a loss where it's like, well, we're in the same place we were last year, but it's like still really hard to make the Rose Bowl and be one of those best teams. So I wouldn't consider another loss in the Rose Bowl to be a failure for the season. The only way to me, and there's going to be a lot of success. I mean, the word failure is so harsh, but I think the players have the goal of at least make winning the Rose Bowl or making the college football playoff. So I think for them not win, and not winning the Pac-12 would pretty much eliminate them from that conversation. So to me, I would say that is the only, that would make it a disappointment is not winning the Pac-12, winning the Rose Bowl or making the CFP successes, even making the Rose Bowl again a success. So I don't think failure is the right word there, but it will be Interesting to watch and see how these expectations for this Utah team plays out. And as we talked about off the top, I'm just excited to hear this. some of these guys, Clark Phillips, Cam Rising, talk about the goals for this team. But, guys, thank you for tuning in into Locked On Youth today. Coming up on next week's show, we're going to have fall camp coverage for you guys. On Monday's show, we'll be talking about the biggest takeaways from Media Day, see what kind of stuff Commissioner Klyovkov gave us, as well as the players and Coach Witt. It's going to be a fun week, and this channel is really going to get going with football starting up. Fall is always the best time of year because we have football back, and what in a season it's going to be for Utah. This is the most hyped a Utah team's ever been, and for good reason. They should start every major poll in the top 10. We already talked about the Pac-12 pick them at the top 13 guys across the all-conference team with a few other ones who I think could very well end up cracking that group. So it's going to be a fun day. Make sure you guys check out all of the Pac-12's coverage tomorrow on that, and then we'll be back on Monday to talk about it. Also, if you guys are looking for more coverage of Media Day, make sure you guys check out Locked On Pac-12. Make Locked On Pac-12 your second listen every day. Host Spencer McLaughlin and local experts of Locked On take you across the Pac-12 in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Pac-12 your second listen 
every day. But we thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every day. I'm JT Wistersill at JT Wistersill on Twitter. Follow us at Locked On Utes on Twitter as well. Send any questions you guys have to the show. It's going to be our thing. Every Friday, we're going to be taking your guys' questions and talking about it. And Make sure you keep sending them in as we should have a lot of excitement with fall camp right around the corner. So that's going to be all for today and this week. But thank you guys for another great week on Locked On Utes. Have a phenomenal weekend, and we'll see you next week.